Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In this episode, I'm joined by the rebellious business coach, Cordelia Kate. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? Amazing. So, Cordelia, um, you and I have known each other for a few years, um, and I'm really excited that we're doing more and more work together. We've got some exciting projects on the on the go that we may we may talk about, I guess, a little bit in this episode. But first of all, I want you to share, if you don't mind, you went from being a nurse working in the NHS. And I know you love that, and you're like you you really wanted to continue to serve and to make a difference. And you then became a six-figure earning coach very quickly, within 12 months. Like, how the hell did that happen? Well, the transition was actually longer than 12 months, but it was, it was the fact that I had three small children under the age of four. And... I mean, let's just pause <laughs> to just take that in. I mean, three children under the age of four, like... I've only got two kids and there's like a four year gap and it was still a bloody nightmare when they were little. So three children under the age of four, that is, and were you nursing at the same time? Yeah. I mean, so I had, that is, I had... that's ridiculous to be full-time nurse and three kids under the age of four. First of all, you want like a medal just for that, for surviving it. I think there's a Guinness record out there for me somewhere because it actually gets worse. Like I started my nurse training, not married, no kids. And I finished my nurse training with three children. In fact, by the third child, I wasn't even allowed a maternity leave because I was going to take too long to become qualified that they were like, you can't have another maternity leave. <laughs> so I just had to get on with it. And I'd just given birth to my son, my third child. And I was like literally in hospital with him. He was premature. And I got a call from my tutor being like, we haven't seen you in lectures in a couple of days. Where are you? And I was like, I have just given birth. <laughs> I'm a little bit preoccupied. Yeah. <laughs> mad, mad. But yeah, so I was working 13 hour shifts, right? I had three kids under the age of four and every waking moment, I quit TV, I quit cooking. Like I, I'm a foodie. I love cooking like banquets and I quit everything that wasn't necessary and basically focused all of my energy and my attention on building a um, an affiliate marketing business, which by the way, was my second business at that point. I tried e-commerce, hated it, affiliate marketing, got really good at it, then started teaching other people how to market within that community, then became an ambassador of that community, um, was hosting webinars every single week for the members of that community, and then was asked to come and join the team as a consultant. So I was now on, on the team having one-on-one -on -one calls every day with people, helping them with their initial marketing strategy of getting started, checking over their funnels and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, it was, it was February or January 2020 when I was like, okay, I'm ready to do this on my own now. Left that job. So up until that point, though, you were doing 13-hour shifts, had three kids, and were doing one-to-one -one calls? No, because the affiliate marketing took off. And right. I managed to replace my income through affiliate marketing, but I was also leveraging the skills that I had learned through that process. So I was building websites for people. I was a social media manager for a, a Canadian company. And I think what happened was I never started that business to quit nursing. It wasn't the point. The point was extra income, 
bit more flexibility, a bit more freedom. The idea that I'd be able to take my kids traveling and do things that someone on a nurse's income can't do. And I found another way to help people. When I was in that community and I was teaching people how to do things and I was helping them put strategies into place and I was seeing them get results and get sales and I was seeing that transformation in people, I realized that this was a way that wasn't initially tangible to me in which I can actually have a bigger part to play in changing someone's life. Because when you're a nurse, you're on a conveyor belt. You play a part, but you never see that person again. There's no continuation of care usually when you work in emergency nursing like I did anyway. It's patch them up, shift them on, patch them up, shift them on, which is great, but exhausting. And, you know, especially when you've got kids, it was just quite a lot. So, yeah, I actually find what I do now a lot more fulfilling than I did as a nurse. And there was a lot of guilt around that as well. A lot of guilt because I was like, I should have found nursing probably more fulfilling than this. But I would do that now. I absolutely love what I do. Yeah, good for you. And and I know, as you said, you've done a lot of work. when you were doing affiliate marketing, a lot of work with essentially startups, um, helping them get their marketing, get their business off the ground. Um, what advice would you give? Because some of our listeners, of course, are startups and some are more established uh, businesses. What advice would you give as far as marketing and business development goes for somebody who's just starting up? I think we use the responsibilities that we currently have as excuses. So when, you know, as as I've just said, like when I started, I was working 13 hour shifts and I had three very small children. I actually started that affiliate marketing gig in August, 2017. And it was September, 2017, when I made my first sale, it was October when I made my first 10 K commission. So two months. And I had made a 10K commission, which is just flipping epic. And me and a friend of mine who had quit his job to work on his business and was working 14 hours a day on his business took longer to make that sale than I did. And we were looking at like, what? why is that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And the truth is, is that when you've got children, you've got existing responsibilities. Maybe you're looking after parents. Maybe you've got a partner who's sick. Maybe you've got another job and you feel like, oh, my time's restricted. I wish I just had all day to work on my new and exciting business. The truth is, is that you need to make sure that you're secure and safe, that the money, that the that the, the rent is paid and the food's on the table. Building a business from a place of utter panic is never a good idea, but leverage the time that you have, because even if you've got the luxury of 14 hours a day, what you'll probably do is spend 10 to 12 of them doing faffy stuff that actually doesn't have much impact at all. When you've got a little bit of time, you focus on the priorities, you get the important stuff done first, the stuff that is, you know, the, the very stuff that's going to get you the sales, that's going to get you the, um, the stuff that going to allow you to actually replace your income and leave that job. So work with what you've got, but it's, it's really important that you don't look at those things as an excuse not to, because actually they're a reason why you should do in the sense that it's short-term pain for long-term gain. When we're hustling at the start, doing a lot to get a little, we're very soon doing a little to get a lot. Yeah, I agree completely with what you've just said. My philosophy around 
money or the lack of money when you're starting is very similar to your philosophy around time or the lack of time when you're starting. For me, a lot of people start a business and maybe they've had a big redundancy check or they've got an inheritance or they've, you know, they've got capital. And because they've got capital, they waste it on stuff that they actually don't need to get started. They waste it on offices, um, fancy website, getting funnels built out, staff, all branding logos, all this stuff before they do the one thing that they actually should do first, which is like create the product, take it to market and test it and see if they can make a sale. Um, so like, you know, I always share in 2008, I didn't have any money when I started my first business. So I didn't have the luxury of time and other sources of income. I had to make it work quick. And I think you're the same in terms of the lack of time that you had to dedicate to the business meant that 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 hour or so a day you were spending on it was time well spent, whereas somebody who's got 14 hours a day can essentially waste a large chunk of that. So I do believe that the lack of time and the lack of money when you're starting, which might feel frustrating or maybe even, uh, you know, as you say, could be used as an excuse, I actually believe that that is an advantage, it's an asset, if you believe it to be so and if you use it appropriately. And hey, get a business coach so that you can figure out what the priorities actually are so you know what to focus on. Because the truth is, is that at the start, you haven't got a clue. <laughs> you know, you think, you think, you know, as you just said, people spend money on branding and funnels and whatever. All you've got to actually do is get out and help people. Like that's what a business is. A business is the solution to someone's problem. That's it. Full stop. End of story. So if you can get out there and help people in some way around what it is that you do, you're going to raise your reputation, elevate authority, and you're going to get people coming to you saying, I need help with this. And you're going to be making sales. Yeah, completely agree. So um, let's fast forward to how you became the rebellious business coach. Um, I think it, that kind of all began early 2020, if I remember correctly. You know, and, and you know, that's just like absolutely... I know that you, like you said, when you started affiliate marketing, you made your first 10K commission in your second month. Um, but, you know, the rebellious business coaching business has absolutely exploded during, let's face it, probably the toughest 12-month window in arguably in history to do business or to start a business. So, yeah, what, like, what do you think were the biggest factors in making that success so quickly? Exactly what I just said. I, I, you know, I just had, I remember this moment where I had um, the pandemic panic, right? I'm just, the, the whole kind of everybody's headless chicken, like stressing out. Uh, we're all, we all don't know what's really going on or what's about to happen. It's a little bit scary and all of that. And, and I remember feeling really bad. My colleagues were on the front line. The people that I was still connected with were on the front line and I had come off the nurses register because I was like, I'm going to burn the boats. Like, <laughs> if we're going in, we're going in properly. Let's come off the nurses register. I'm not going to revalidate. I'm going to burn the bridges and I'm going for it because if I've got a plan B, it just means I'm not confident enough on plan A. So I'm going to prove to myself that I am. So anyway, that starts to kick off and I'm like, I feel really like, like I should be a part of this. Like I felt like, Anybody can teach someone social media, but it takes a qualified person to be able to put up a blood transfusion, right? So I was like, maybe I should go back. And I started looking into it and I couldn't. 
simultaneously what had been happening in the business was that I had been going to networking events and starting to put myself out there as a business coach independently you know left left that role and you know as independent and I got a couple of clients and things were starting to move a little bit there um slowly but surely but then when all of that kicked off and I don't want to use the p word too much because I don't want to get cancelled but when that kicked off what happened was that I thought to myself like what is my role going to be here like I couldn't go back on the nurse's register because I'd have to revalidate which would take a year and a half I had a couple of clients I could have still done shifts alongside that to just support and I was I couldn't do that and I was like well what what, what can I do and all the local networking events that I had been going to have been shut down because BNI, 4N, you know, all these local, they're, they're all offline business models. Like they have no idea about how to pivot online. And so there just was nothing else. They were all just stopped. So I jumped in at that window and I went, I'm going to launch an online networking event for all the people in Oxford who can't go to networking events anymore. And that's their lifeblood of their business. And I just shouted about it for like three days and launched the Rebellious Business Network. The word rebellious came to me in the shower um, and it Where all good of- ideas happen. <laughs> well, they do, I right? Absolutely, <laughs> ideas in the show. <laughs> and it all just started falling into place. But what happened was because I was in this place where I had enough money in the bank because I made, made some good affiliate commissions that were just sat there. I had my rent cover for the next three months, um, and I was literally like, "How can I show up and serve now?" It's not exactly going to get me a flipping OBE, is it? You know, launching an online networking event. I'm not making it, trying to make it sound like, you know, I was like some knight in shining armor that rescued the world. But it was what people needed at that time. Number one, they needed company. Number two, they needed another way to get themselves out there and network. They needed to figure out how to pivot things and pivot their way of doing things. And I just showed up and served. So we had three days of promotion for the network and... I wasn't even speaking at the first one. I had a guest expert come and talk about websites because that's what everyone thinks they need. So we did that. And then like from there, it just grew. And within a couple of months, we had 200 members um, and people were starting to talk about it, you see. So a lot of the people coming in were just, it was just word of mouth. Um, And we did a launch two months in and did like 22K on like the first group coaching program. So The interesting part was that when Boris announced that there was going to be a retired nurse list, I didn't realize that I would be on it because I didn't see myself at the ripe old age of 30 as a retired nurse. (laughs) But I was on it. So like they reached out to me and I had this moment where I was like, I should do like I should do this. I was in turmoil and I, I went to get on the on it. And by the time they'd actually got through all the paperwork and done all the things and reached out, I was fully booked, fully booked with one-to-ones and launching a group coaching program. And I was like, I can't let my clients down. This needs to be my priority now. By the way, next time I introduce you on stage or on a podcast, I'm going to say retired nurse (laughs) becomes rebellious business coach. There you go. That's your headline right there. and everyone's gonna be expecting this little old lady to like come on to stage and then they go hold on she doesn't look like a retired nurse should look hey real quick if you've been listening to the empire builders podcast for any length of time you'll know that i do not run ads 
on this podcast. And what you should also know about me is that I only partner with companies who I absolutely 100% believe in. And so I'm making an exception because of my partnership and my loyalty to Keep. So since 2010, I've been using Keep, which was previously known as Infusionsoft, to automate all the sales and marketing in my business, deliver world-class experience to my clients, run e-commerce reports, manage affiliates, partners, and loads more. I really believe that Keep is the best CRM on the planet for small businesses, for entrepreneurs that are building their empire. Many of my guests on this podcast use it, and pretty much all of my closest friends in the industry also use it. That should speak volumes. So uh, Infusionsoft recently rebranded to keep K-E-A-P and what they've also done is brilliantly made it even more affordable, even more usable for businesses that are at different stages of their journey. So go and get a free demo. All you need to do is go to keep.com, that's K-E-A-P, keep.com forward slash empire builders. And by using that link, I've negotiated the best possible deal for Empire Builders subscribers. So go to keep.com forward slash Empire Builders. You get a free demo, and when you go through that unique link, it means you'll get the best possible deal because you're a subscriber to this podcast. So let's get back to the show. You know what I think's really, like what's come to mind as you've been sharing this, Cordelia, is timing. Timing is everything. And I think the Rebellious Business Network is a great example of something that I talk about a lot, which is sell them what they want, give them what they need. Yes. And at that point in time, you were giving people something they wanted desperately. Like the one thing you didn't mention, actually, when you think about what those business owners around Oxford that could no longer go out to BNI or other local networking groups, yes, they were missing the company, the connection, all of those things are true, but quite frankly, their businesses were suffering because of a lack of opportunities, a lack of leads, a lack of inquiries, um, a lack of referrals, a lack of introductions to other people that could become clients and customers. And you create, you filled that gap and the timing couldn't have been better. Ironically, you know, you think about surely the worst time to start anything new would have been in the, at the very start of a pandemic. Ironically, because of what you were doing, it couldn't have been better. And so, you know, then, of course, because you used the network as a way to attract people towards you, then you could launch coaching programs, products, groups. I know there's a number of different things you did over the course of the following, you know, nine to 12 months. So I, I think timing is often underestimated and i think what you did which was incredibly smart which you saw an opportunity and you went for it quick mm -hmm. and by the way there were other people that then followed suit but you got in like you must have been one of if not the first especially in your local area to create that opportunity for people um and you know one of my early mentors reminded me constantly it's better to be first than best in a lot of cases. And I think you were first and best, of course, I'm sure. Um, but like timing's everything. And I think you nailed that. There, there was, it is totally a case of sell them, sell them what they want and give them what they need. When you think about why people go networking, 
They go. You don't go networking if you're fully booked with clients. You don't have time. It's it's not a priority anymore. The people that are going networking need clients. And then we're like the network that teaches you how to not need networking anymore, right? Not the network that teaches you how to network effectively because it's just not a sustainable, long-term, scalable strategy, right? Well, so, who actually wants to go networking as their main marketing activity for their business? No one, but well, very few people, I would suspect. But they do it because they believe it's the best option. And so you went, right, that option's now disappeared. I'm going to give you the online alternative, which everyone jumped on. But then, which was really smart, was, of course, you then educated them to go, hey, do you realize that actually there's a better way to market your business than doing this? We'll continue to do this and provide this platform for you. But over here, you can learn a much better, easier way to market your business using a lot of the online strategies and, and techniques that you teach. So I think I think it was, it was very, very smart. Um, and, you know, uh, I know you've shared this publicly anyway, but, um, you know, I think you managed to get from zero with that business, I guess, practically um, to six figures in what period of time? Zero, for, from zero to six figures in nine months. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Um, and, you know, I think testament to the the initiative you showed when the time was right to push the button on starting the online networking um, business. And then also, you know, just the, I think, you know, in your case, like the fact that you did 13 hour shifts in nursing and also started an online business of your own and had three kids under the age of four, that like that translated into that success later, I believe, because once, yeah. you've, once you've done those three things all at once, running an online business, <laughs> Do you know the interesting thing though? Like this thing really makes me laugh when I think about it. Was that I was probably about three or four months into the Rebellious Business Network, and I've made such a lot of noise about it. I got PR. I'd got in the local paper. Um, I'd got um, featured in like the top ten networking events in the world. Kind of like posts that were going out. Like there was there was a, a few bits of PR that were happening, and there was a lot of noise we were making. It's that whole like be really loud at the start to get a lot of attention and then things will grow. And then, you know, we don't make that much noise about it anymore. We don't need to. Um, but what was what was really interesting is like three or four months in, I get invited to this um, virtual conference to be on the panel for the future of networking. Now, anybody out there thinking like, oh, I couldn't launch a networking event or I couldn't, you know, become this, or I couldn't do this because I haven't got any experience in that. Listen to this, right? I had never run a networking event before. I knew nothing about that. I'd been to maybe five, six, seven max networking events, right? And I launched the Rebellious Business Network, which for some reason now put me an authority in the networking world. I'm on this panel alongside the author of Networking for Dummies, talking about what I thought the future of networking would be. Now we were like, had had this, you know, the digital uh, revolution, like accelerated by lockdown. And I just thought that was just so funny. Like, it's so funny. So like, I have no idea. But you know, I'll give you my two cents. And it was just goes to show like, if you get out there and you are loud and you are confident and you position yourself as an authority, other people will see you that way and you will attract more and more opportunities off the back of that. But that was quite an ironic one. I found that quite funny. 
And, and I think everyone um, that's achieved any degree or any element of success could probably share their own version of that story where you like, let's face it, it's probably a bit of imposter syndrome where you go in, what the, what am I doing here? Like, <laughs> and, and, and like, surely at some point somebody's going to work out that I don't really belong here. I've had it so many times, honestly, in my experience, I've had so many times. Um, and I think, you know, when those things come up, that's a real test of how much you're willing to back yourself and step into it. And, um, yeah. And, and, uh, let your genius shine through. Um, so I, I know that a lot of, uh, a lot of our clients, a lot of people that come to expert empires, a lot of people that are part of our mastermind, um, have different family dynamics. And so, um, you know, I often share, you know, um, I'm very fortunate in that I get to put a lot of time and energy and focus and attention on the building of the businesses. Um, and, you know, my wife is incredible and takes care of the kids primarily. Um, I always say, I think she works a hell of a lot harder than I do, to be, to be perfectly honest. Um, but I also realise, and when we share this at Mastermind, you know, I, I, I realise that how I, my family setup is not the same as everybody else's. So I'd love to talk to you from your perspective as a mum and, and a single mum and somebody that's got three kids who are now how old? Oh, my, they're all having birthdays, nine, eight, and six, nearly seven. Yeah, okay. So still relatively young, right? So um, I'd love you to speak to the single mums or, or the mums, you know, or, or even the single dads or dads who are the primary parent as well. Like, what advice would you give to them about some of the things I hear most are, like, it's a real struggle to balance the business with being a parent, often I hear people talk about how when they're spending more time on the business, they feel guilty that they're not spending enough time with the kids. When they're spending loads of time with the family and the kids and the business suffers, they feel guilty that they're not putting enough time and attention to the business and they feel guilty they're not looking after their clients. Like, speak to that for a little bit. Just tell me what your thoughts are around everything I just said. Well, I think firstly, it's about getting organized, right? You need to be realistic about what you can actually achieve. I've currently got 300 hours worth of work on my list. Uh, if I try and get that done this week, if I was single and had no children, I, I'm an absolute like powerhouse. I could do it, right? But the fact is, I've got to look after them and you know give them time and attention, emotional support. And it's not necessarily about how many hours a day you've got. It's about how many hours a day you've got when you're in your optimal energy because you need to get rest, right? And you need to be able to do it. So number one, being realistic. Number two, start your ascension model from the top down. Sell the thing that is the highest ticket first and then add in your lowest ticket things last. Yes. Why? Because you're yes. going to make more impact on your life if you're bringing in a lot of revenue fast than if you're piddling about trying to sell something that's 20, 30 quid, you need hundreds of them, you haven't got the audience for it, and you spend years building that audience, it's just like, do it backwards. Start at the top, work your way down, because once you have 5K, 10K coming in per month, you can get people on board to help you, right? You know, you can, you can, you can get like... VAs and things in the Philippines and, and stuff that's like really affordable, but you could bring someone onto your team to be part of your business family 
you know, as, as an investment quite early on. That's what I did. I had a girl called Alex Franklin, who's absolutely phenomenal, come onto my team like two months in because I knew like this was growing so fast. I wasn't going to be able to do it on my own. And it was lockdown. I had kids at home. They were homeschooling. Like it was a lot to, to do. So firstly, getting organized, being realistic about how much I could do. And secondly, getting some help in because I was selling the higher ticket stuff first. Now, now we've got products that are like, 20 quid now we've got like mini courses that we're creating that, that are like 100 quid but not without that in place first it just is ludicrous so that's yeah. what i would say yeah and, and that's why we're um of course partnering and working together on on a couple of things because our, our our philosophy is so aligned in that respect i always say and i believe it's so much easier i'm not saying it's easy but it's easier to sell and serve a small number of high ticket clients mm -hmm. than it is to sell and serve a large number of low ticket clients. And again, you know, you talk about obviously the numbers are different for everyone, but let's say, you know, 5k a month, 6k a month is enough for, I'd say most people, not all, but most people to cover all their expenses and live comfortably. Um, you don't need to make many sales. You don't need many clients at high ticket to generate that kind of income. So you can then reinvest in support team, etc. Um, yeah, I just feel like that is so for somebody who's in the early stages or a startup, that advice is so critical. And it's actually contrary to most of the conventional wisdom around marketing and starting business. And people go, oh, if I'm just starting out, then I'll have to charge a small amount of money. I'm like, who, who made that rule up? Um, you know, someone who was scared. Someone yeah. who was scared. Yeah. <laughs> especially, you know, if, if your offer initially, if you're a service-based business, if it's coaching, mentoring, consulting, my first business, it was, um, uh, I was a freelance copywriter, as you know. So I, I was providing a service called, I'll write your marketing materials for you. So essentially, it was it was time for money, but each client was worth no, not fortunes, but each client was worth like between eight hundred and fifteen hundred pounds. So I go, well, I, don't, I didn't need many of those. I needed you know two or three clients a month in order to you know make ends meet, and then I could invest in the growth. So I, I think that's that's great advice. Um, it's actually great advice regardless of your family setup, your dynamic. I think probably even more relevant for you or people that were in your position where you go, time is tight, so I've got to get paid as much money as I can for the small amount of time I've got in order to be able to get this thing off the ground. Um, the, highest, the highest ticket thing is always going to be one-to-one, -one, and the best thing to do is always going to be working one-to-one -one first because it's not even just about the revenue. It's about understanding what your ideal client's going to need, getting those case studies and testimonials and being able to then tailor your process, your methodology or whatever it is to actual real people that need it. What worries me is when I see people coming into the business space for the first time ever going, oh, I'm going to develop a course. And I'm like, you don't even know if that's going to work. You don't even know if people are going to like take what that is. So even when it comes down to courses and stuff, take people through it first, like one-to-one -one for that reason, case studies, testimonials, and tailoring what it is that you do, understanding how people learn. And you will probably realize that there are five things that you need to add in because you overlooked them. Um, and if you hadn't have done that, you'd have created a course that wasn't as impactful. Because the truth is, as I know that 
all your people listening to this, Nick, are not here for like mediocre. Like we're here to make a difference. We're here to like actually have serious impact on people's lives. So why not like start with that in mind and make the most impact first? Yeah, I think um, you're absolutely right. And, and, you know, for example, creating a course takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in that time, you're not getting paid. So you invest in time for no return straight away. You're right. You might overlook some stuff so the course won't be as good as it could be. And you haven't proven that people actually want it yet. And it could turn out that you put all that time and energy in and it's a waste. Whereas if you go straight to, you know, a lot of people listening to this will be coaches, consultants, mentors, et cetera. If you go straight to selling one-on-one, as you've just suggested, um, first of all, it, you can start selling that immediately. It doesn't You don't need to go and create anything. It's like you put together a package and say, right, it's a three-month program working one-on-one with me. Here's how much it costs. That's it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, people will give you feedback fairly quickly. So, and then if and when you do get clients um, and start working with them, then you'll learn what's, what should go in the course if you choose to do that at a later date, which you may well want to, because that, that then becomes necessary if you're going to grow and scale. Um, but really, I think the strategy at the start should be relevant to starting, not scaling. You start off with one-to-one coaching consulting mentoring. In my case, it was a service I was providing called writing copy. And then I went, right, I've reached a point where I can't write any more copy for more people because I've got no time. So what do I do next? And I started teaching people how to do that for themselves through live seminars, through online courses, through various different things. So I think that's great advice. Um, What advice have you got for the marketing side for startups? So like, there are so many, like, it's a, it's a, an absolute minefield. You know, they, you could be starting a business and you could go and spend, if, if you had the money, you could go and spend five or 10 grand on a website. You could go and hire an agency to do all your branding. You could go and invest time and money in building funnels. You know, maybe that isn't your skill set. So you have to pay somebody else to do it. Um, the list goes on and on. Where would you invest the marketing budget? And I'm saying money and and or time. Where would you invest first for a startup business? I've basically just written a whole book in my head as you've been speaking there. There's so many different things that I want to say. First and foremost, marketing budget, right, at the beginning needs to be spent on learning online marketing and learning digital systems. So do not go straight to ads because you want to start with organic. As you say, Nick, exhaust your existing network. There are people around you, unless you're, unless you're teaching, um, you know, accordion lessons to Himalayan, Himalayan goat herders. There are people around you that need what you do guaranteed. And if it's not even the point that they need what you do. It's that they know someone that needs what you do. So what you want to do in your existing network is start positioning yourself as the authority in what it is that you do so that the people around you know what you do. When you have built a machine and you've oiled that machine, it converts, it works, it gets results, it gets good feedback and all of that. Then you can start putting money behind it with ads, but it doesn't make sense to do that at the start. So first thing is start organic by just putting yourself out there creating content. The second thing is 
there's a, a lot of people are like, oh, I need to build a website. Don't freaking build a website. I didn't, I, I was like multi six figures until I had a website and I'm still right now considering taking it down. I don't need a website. And what, all you need is a funnel and you don't even need one straight away. So do not invest in a website. Do not invest in a logo, right? You can make your own logo on Canva. It will be fine. Hey, guess what? I still don't have a logo. I'm, I've just got rebellious business written in Canva in like our font colors and stuff. Like you don't need any of that stuff. What you need to do is build relationships and you need to increase the size of your network. So you want to position what it is that you do, become the expert in your close network of that problem that you solve. And then from there, expand. And the fastest way in which you can do that is through running live events, which absolutely terrifies people. But if you can get out there on Facebook Live initially, but then even better, if you can put on webinars, masterclasses, Zoom calls, where you are literally just rounding up people that need your support and you are giving them some advice and you do that and you show up and you put yourself out there in that way, you will build your audience a lot faster. There's so much emphasis at the beginning from these startup programs that teach people like, oh, you need to create a little PDF. Nick, I'm sorry, but I don't know anyone that got super successful from a goddamn PDF. Do you like it's like getting out there, public speaking, building your network and, and really pushing yourself to, to get out in front of that camera or get up on a stage or get to networking events and really start building relationships with people whilst being clear on what it is that you do and telling people that. And just try and teach people, be of value, be, be of service to people that need what it is that you do. And you will just attract those that need your help because they will reach out yeah. and they will say, I'm stuck. I need support X, Y, Z. Yeah, I'd agree that live something, whether it's Zoom event, networking event, whatever it might be, live private conversations, you'll always get a better return on the time invested in those than you will on anything else. I guess what we're talking about is, at that startup stage, you've got two assets, if you like, to, to play with. You've got time and money. Mm -hmm. And so from a marketing perspective, I think the advice is invest the time in marketing, organic social, running events for free. You're not getting paid, but also you're not paying to do them either, mm -hmm. um, rather than investing money in ads. And, you know, you said it, um, and, you know, I'll say it as well. I think any investment you do make financially in those early stages probably should be in learning stuff. Um, and by the way, I, I don't teach how to get started building a social media presence. That's not my thing. So I'm not saying that because I think you should invest money with me learning that stuff. I'm saying I think it's a valuable, if you've got money to invest, even a small amount, I think that's probably a better investment than ads. Um, when you're starting out, and as you said, uh, and, unless you've got some weird and wonderful, crazy, super, super, super niche market, the chances are that you already know people who would be the ideal client or customer. And at the very least, you know people who know people that would be the ideal client or customer. So from that belief, I think you can you can get started. You can get your first, first few clients, uh, first few customers paying you without having to spend money on ads, have a fancy website, any of that stuff. Um, I completely agree. So I'm, I'm curious, um, as we as we wrap up here, um, what's next for Cordelia? <laughs> but what's the vision for the Rebellious Business Coach, Rebellious Business Network? Like, where, where do you see that going? 
Well, we see it growing. Um, we're currently at um, we're currently at one thousand three hundred members inside our network. We've just launched a membership. We've got over a hundred clients, and we are looking to basically grow and expand that membership and just reach as many people as as we can to support them with getting started. I am disgusted by the drop off rate of new businesses. There are so many new coaches out there. If you like, I, I couldn't believe the statistic when I read it, but 43% of the British population now have a side hustle, 43%. Oh. And the sad part about that is that a lot of them will give up because they get stuck. And the competition out there is fierce when you're not doing the right things, which is building out your own persona in the marketplace. So we want to just reach those people and support as many people as we can to to really, you know, get off on the right foot, reduce that drop off statistic and teach marketing in a way that is humanized. That's what I want. I want the marketing industry to become more and more human because there's so much dehumanizing nonsense out there. Even phrases like taking someone from cold to sold. It's just building relationships and showing up and serving people. And when we can put the human back into marketing, we can make a huge impact. And the truth is as well, is that every single human being on this planet is connected to a business owner. So if we can make an impact with the way business owners treat people through marketing, et cetera, then we can like literally reach every single human being on the planet. So I don't think, I know I'm talking real big here, but that's really? like what I what I'm really really interested in doing um is is making a massive difference to the marketing industry and in, in rehumanizing it, but at the same time supporting individuals on the ground to actually completely change their lives through having the confidence and the tenacity to go yeah I am freaking good enough to build something epic and I do want to stand up and make a difference and support people through doing that, um and so we're going to grow the rebellious business network out. And the next step really is to start making some more accessible programs because we've got the higher ticket things in place. I want every single new business owner to be list building. Too many people are not using pipelines and the right thing. have got not got the right things in place. So getting some more kind of passive accessible courses out to those that are really getting started on a shoestring budget that need that support, but can't afford the business coach. Cool. Which is part of the work that we're doing together and that will i'm sure we'll, we'll we'll talk about that more and people will hear more about it in my community um over the coming months um thank you for your time today really appreciate you sharing where can people follow you find out about rebellious business coach rebellious business network what's the best where's the best place for them to go and find out more just Google the Rebellious Business Network or Cordelia Kate. They're both quite unique names, so we're quite easy to find. Um, we've got an awesome community Facebook group uh, where we host weekly marketing trainings. You've come and been a speaker there. Um, we've got Andrew McLean speaking tomorrow, which is very exciting. Nice. Um, and we have some really, really awesome speakers come talk, come and talk on all sorts of topics from parenting as an entrepreneur right up to, you know, the, the nitty gritty of like Instagram marketing. So we try and cover it all, but it's a really awesome space. And um, it's a great place to find clients and people to collaborate with as well. We've got people in the network that have found clients, but we've also got people that have found their best friends and all sorts of things. So it's a really awesome community. So yeah, over in so there. Google Rebellious Business Network or and or Cordelia Kate and you will find all of the amazing things that Cordelia does. Um, thanks again. See you soon.
Thank you. Speak to you soon. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember, till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect. <laughs>